all happening here in the room. It is alive. I feel like the people are ready. Is it the back, off, coming off the back of school holidays? Is that maybe what it is? All the teachers are praising the Lord for the term that they're going into. I'm sure that's what it is. Um, but good morning. If uh, you are new here, just love to extend a warm welcome to you. If you're online, welcome. Um, so great to be able to connect with you this morning. Maybe give us a wave emoji. If you don't know what emoji is, maybe write in there wave. All the boys at the back are waving to me. Um, wave, let us know that you're connected and you're there. Love to hear from you. My name is Michelle and it's just so great to be here this morning. We are in week two of um, a gospel life. Last week we saw um, Pastor Ryan come and bring the word. That word was come and see. What it looked like for us as followers of Christ to be able to um, have that revelation of who Christ is in our lives and that by knowing the revelation, by knowing who Christ is, that risen King, no longer in the tomb but living in us, that we get to go and show that to our world. And today we are in week two of that. And listen, listen, for some news for next week. You don't want to miss it. You've got to get here early. Pastor Mon is bringing the word next week. Um, listen, you caught five minutes of fire, but next week she's going to take over. So wait for that one. Uh, yeah, right, Jackie. Jackie's excited. She's ready for it, Mon. But let's take a moment and pray as we open up the word this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, your word is living and is active, that it is the truth that breaks every lie in our life. It is a word that is able to transform our lives, and it has the power, Lord God, to just break every chain over our lives. So God, as we open up your word this morning, Lord, may we have open hearts and open ears and open mind, Lord God, to hear and perceive what you would say to us, that we would walk out of this room today um, changed by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Well, this morning's title is A Witness with a Difference. So get ready for that. We're going to unpack that this morning. But as we're witnesses for Christ Jesus, that there would be a difference in us that as we go out into our world. And we're going to look at that in um, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. There's so many ones in that. But we're ready for it. In my former book, Theophilus, now... When I was reading this, I'm like, who's Theophilus? Where's Theophilus come from? And I was like, who, who is he? What is he up to? So I was curious. I had to, had to have a look and check this out. So I was looking into this and it was like, Theophilus may have been a Christian at the time um, and Luke is writing this word here and he's writing um, this book with Theophilus in mind maybe to say, um, you know, maybe he needed some instruction. But then some people would say, maybe it's symbolic, Maybe this Theophilus is symbolic because it means God lover. And maybe Luke is writing this to all the God lovers and all the people of this world that, that know God, love God, and that he's writing this word to them to be able to instruct them of all what Jesus has done, this ministry, this work that Jesus has started, that it had sp spread from Rome to the Roman Empire and from Jerusalem, and it has spread all over the place. And so he's writing that. And so this morning... That we may have read Acts 1 many, many, many times. Or maybe this is the first time you're um, reading it today. But I'd, I'd encourage us that we would insert our name here where it says Theophilus. It says, I am writing this to you, Michelle. 
I am writing this to you, Rod. I am writing this to you, Jeff. I am writing this to you, Donna. I am writing this, that we would hold this scripture as very real for us this morning, that we would make this scripture a letter that Luke writes 2,000 years ago for us today, because that is the truth that this alive word, this written word is for us today. So as we read this, we read this, that Luke is writing this letter directly to me and directly to you. So put your name in there. Who is that? So I write this in my former book, blank. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So here's the tension, church. What Jesus has started, what he has began, he now commands the apostles. He says, okay, now here it is. I'm going to go. I'm going to go into heaven. I'm going to leave you now. But this is what you're commanded to do, to be able to take this gospel message, what you have received, what you know is true of me, and to be able to take that to the very ends of the earth. Now, some would say Australia is probably the very ends of the earth, right? Some would say that all those years ago, 2,000 years ago, what Jesus has started, what he has said and given the baton to the apostles, and now that gospel message has spread across time and across the world, and it has reached us somehow. For the majority of us in this room, that we have heard the message of Jesus Christ, that we have received the message of Jesus Christ, and the baton is in our hand to be able to take that and go. Here's some eye-opening stats for where we are. In Australia, we see that through um, McCrindle, I'm not sure if you heard that research, that when we were doing those generation series and we did the gen, the baby boomers and the Gen Xs and the Gen Ys and all of that, we did a lot of that through research that had been done throughout Australia. And they've also done some research on religion. So as we sit here in Australia, in Perth, WA, these are the alarming stats. Now, these are a few years old. I'm sure they'll come out. There's a census happening, right? And um, there'll be updated stats on this. But this is what, where we're sitting at 
as a nation, as where we're at with Christianity. 61% identify as Christian. At the time, this was 2011. Five years, so there was a decline from that time. Five years previously, it had dropped 2%. But the biggest rise in the category of Christianity as a demon, so there's all the different ways that you can categorise how you feel like, are you Christian, Catholic, are you this, that, the other, it has all the different things. The biggest category marked in that time was no religion. There was the biggest category. It had gone from 18% to 22%. That equating to 1 million people. 1 million people now saying no religion. And no religion being the, the highest category in five states out of eight states and territories inclusive of that. So out of the five states, it was the highest was no religion. That's what people are marking. And then it goes on. There are signs of a fading belief amongst that across the generations. That the 70 plus year olds, the 61% were marking Christian. Baby boomers, all the baby boomers in the room. Come on, people. Yeah, this is good. I should have also did a shout out to the 70 plus. That was a bit sad, but I won't do it anymore. Um, so baby boomers, 53%. Gen Xs, 46%. Gen Y, 41%, and then less than one of three in the Gen Z. And then out of all of that, the people that are marking, who if they're following, they've got a faith, they're Christian, out of those, that category, one out of six of those attend church. So you've got that 61%, only one out of six of those are now attending church. So when we look at those stats... The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. There are many people beyond these church walls, in our direct community, in our world, that do not know the love of Jesus. There are millions of people out there that need the gospel, that are probably searching and looking and um, weary and tired. And we, we know that we receive the love and the encounter of Jesus for our life, that changes us. A million people just in those five years switching from now marking no religion. That should grab our attention. That should stir something in our hearts to be able to say, how many of these people are out there? How many are in our worlds that we're, we're seeing on a daily basis that don't yet know the love of Jesus? In verse 10, Jesus ascends into heaven and the apostles are found there staring up into the sky. Now, let's face it. If that happened to any one of us, I think I would be pretty astounded as to what is going on, what is happening. Jesus, you're here now, you're, you're risen into heaven and they're found there, standing there, looking up into the sky when men appearing to them saying, what are you doing why are you just standing there looking up into the sky? Jesus has gone. Remember, he said he was going to go and then you're going to take that word and the gospel to all the ends of the earth. That was what it is. It's now, it's come on, it's time to go. But no, they're standing there staring up. It doesn't stop there. It just keeps going from Jesus to the apostles to us today. That over generations of time, over um, the, the spread of the world, that the, the, we would be those witnesses 
today in this time. That we would be the witness to our friends and our family, our work colleagues, our school friends. That we would be the people that um, we encounter and be able to share the love of God to them. That we would be a part of the spread of the gospel in our world today. But sometimes we might find ourselves a bit stationary, a bit standing there staring as to what, I don't know what to do, I'm frozen, I've got this opportunity, I know I've been there, I've got this opportunity, should I say something, should I not say something, I just, and I'm frozen, I'm looking up in the sky, I'm looking like deer in headlights, just, I don't know what to do. Fear may stop us, our reputation may stop us, courage might stop us, rejection might stop us. I remember a time um, when my kids were younger and um, got three children, one out of the three were just a little bit slow getting ready for school. Uh, yeah, who's been there? That, that child. <laughs> Actually, she's here. She's at the back. I'm calling her out. Chantel, for all the pain that she inflicted on me for all those years. Um, but then, um, so I get Chantel up first because you have to have a game plan. Get her up, knowing that, you know, she's the slower one. The two boys just, you know, five minutes done. I'm not sure they brushed the teeth and got their things ready, but they were up, they were ready and like, let's get in the car. Um, but Chantel, I'd get her up. I'm like, okay, Chantel, it's time to go. You, she knows the routine. She knows to put the clothes on, get the school staff ready, have the breakfast, get ready, let's get the bag and into the car. So I'd get her up, go to the boys. They're up, they're out, they're doing their thing. Come back 20 minutes later. She's standing there, staring into the mirror, <laughs> half-dressed. Chantel, what's going on? We've got things to do. We've got we to gotta go. We've got to keep moving. We've got to get things done. No, she's just happy. Hair, the hair. She had some bad hair. It was all happening, just staring into the mirror. I find myself sometimes... Wanting to, when I've been doing this message prep, to say, Michelle, stop standing there. You can't stay here. That we can't be stationary. We can't be a, a person that is not able to go and be able to be those witnesses into our world. We can't stay here. Just like those apostles staring up in the sky. They were there. They were standing. I'm sure they were standing, blown away with actually what is taking place here. And then they got moving and active. As witnesses, that what does that look like for us? It's to be who you are. You don't have to be anyone other than who you are. Because God has created you uniquely in the way that you are to be able to be that witness to the people in your world. That you would have a character of God. That you would have the integrity of God. That you would have a love for people as God loves you. That there would be an honesty that is in you that is outstanding from anyone else. That you'll be a person that is the first one to go in and, and help someone and serve them and love them. Jesus says, and he continues on to say, you're going to receive a gift. It's coming. You're going to get a gift that is going to help you go out and take this message out. The book of Acts, um, when we look here, um, Acts is actually part two of Luke's gospel. So in, um, back in the day, there was no iPads that Luke's sitting there um, writing out um, his um, scripture here. 
So they had scrolls and so Luke would write and he's writing. I'm guessing he got to the end of the scroll and so then that was part one and now there's part two which is here made up here in the book of Acts. So what Luke describes here is this continuation of what Jesus is doing, what he has started and what the apostles are doing and what is happening in this present day. That the apostles are doing their work but what they never miss What they don't go without, they wait there until they receive this. They never miss the point that what they are doing is because of the work that, that the work that they are doing is because they are empowered by the Spirit of God. They are empowered by the Spirit of God to go out and to be able to take that gospel message to the very far ends of the earth. That was the amazing work that happened in that first century where they were empowered by the Spirit to go and to be able to be the church, be the witnesses into their world. And the book of Acts, um, when we read that book of Acts, when you just like read it and you're like, this is incredible, this is amazing, there is miracle after miracle after miracle happening over here. But the reality is that book was made up and was written over 30 years. So when we look at that and we look at the work of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that wasn't, I was like, there's miracle here, there's miracle there, there's just miracles everywhere, it's all happening. It must be, I was thinking to myself, oh, I imagine a day in that, but actually it was spanned out over 30 years written in there. And I think about our church and I think about what would a book of True North look like in the past span of 30 years where we have seen the church expand, where we have seen many people be baptised, where we have seen many come to know the Lord and Saviour of their life, where we have literally seen thousands of people being fed where they can't provide food, where we, I, I don't know what the tally would be, but can you imagine, it'd probably be close to 500,000 people across Christmas carols that would hear the love of a Saviour a gift that is for them, empowered church by the Holy Spirit to go out and to do the work. That our church, we see that there are many people empowered by the Spirit to go out. Our church is very much like that. And it just was just, when I read about this Acts church, when I read about this span of 30 years, what does that look like even in our own lives over that span of 30 years? That there is... The work of God in our lives, working through us to be able to reach people in this world. 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus, in which Jesus was taken up to heaven, he ascends before them and he instructed the apostles to do something in his absence. He gave them this command in verse 2. He says, until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, Do you understand what he's saying here? He's saying that the risen, resurrected, glorified Jesus still did ministry through the Holy Spirit. He was still operating through the Holy Spirit. Now, I can understand that as he came for his, um, the ministry through three years, coming through uh, and doing his ministry here on earth, I can understand that, you know, he's operating through the Holy Spirit. He's showing that submission to his Father. He's showing that unity of the Godhead, unity over there. He's not operating his own authority. He's operating as according to the Father's leading him. And so you see him operating through the Holy Spirit as part of that, empowering him. 
the while he was here on earth. But then he ascends to heaven. He's done all his ministry. And even still, he says, as the Holy Spirit empowers me to do my work, that he's still operating in that. So you can get where I'm going to go next. That if Jesus was operating by the Holy Spirit, needing the Holy Spirit to encounter and work through his life, how much more do we need it? How much more do we need to receive it? How much more do we need to operate through it? That we would live a life that is very contrast to our world because we have the power of the Holy Spirit operating in us and through us. Jesus showed that through the work that happened through his life, that the Holy Spirit was just moving in powerful ways through his life. And that's what we see, the work of God being done in our world. That's what we see, that, that power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people that are operating and making a difference in this world. It's a pattern that is right through the book of Acts. And it's that same invitation for us today, that that Holy Spirit that is available to us, that we would have access to it, that we would receive it, and that we would be empowered by it. He is our comforter. He is our helper. He is our teacher. He helps us. He guides us. He leads us. He tells us when we're missing the point in a gentle, loving way, that we would be more and more like Jesus that we would be those followers that reflect the love of our Saviour, that we would be those followers that actually there's a glimpse, people like, what is that? We hope they see something different in us because what they're seeing is our Saviour. What they're seeing is the empowerment of a God who is alive today in us. That is the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us. And sometimes we can get caught up and maybe Holy Spirit's like, oh, that's weird. What is that? And how is that? These apostles at the time, they started asking these questions. Well, God, what are you doing? Um, Jesus, what are you doing? Are you going to rebuild what is happening here? Are you going to um, restore the kingdom of Israel? He's like, it's not for you to know. It's not for you to know. Stop asking the questions. This is what's going to happen is you are going to receive the Holy Spirit. You've got a gift coming your way that is going to change your life, it is going to impact the world, and it is going to bring a difference in this world. This morning, we would love to ask that question to us, that maybe you've received it. Maybe as we look at this idea of being a witness in our world, what does that look like? Are we empowered by the Holy Spirit as we go about our days? Being empowered by the Holy Spirit who comes alongside to be able to teach us and comfort us and lead us and guide us. That causes us to see as God sees. That causes us to love as God loves. Causes us to minister to the people to be able to be these vessels of God in our world. Because what I realise, that as we encounter God and as we encounter people, and as we see the Holy Spirit working in our lives, it has opportunity to flip the script of this world. 
it has opportunity to break what is normal and to be able to bring a change to this world. That where fear reigns, that faith would rise up. Where there's hatred, love would cover it over. Where there's division, unity would come. Where there's the brokenhearted, there will be healing. That love would reign through our lives here this morning. That there would be a love of God that just permeates our lives. That would bring a difference to our world. 30 years ago, I had an invitation. It was from my husband, which was my boyfriend at the time. And he invited me to come to what I thought was an event. An event which we, I now know is Youth Alive Conference at Riverview Church. 30 years ago, I go along, I'm like, oh, he's nice. That, he goes to church, he's a nice guy. Yeah, I'll come along and I'll go along to this event. It was the life-changing event of my life that I could attend, that I was very, very, very shy person back in the day. And so I would be hiding, you know, just people at the back here, I don't know how you feel, just hiding up the back. And I know now what it was, but I found myself off that chair and down that front. And at the point I'm like, what is going on? Tears running down my face, down that front, and a response to say, would you make Jesus as the Lord and Saviour of your life? Here's the thing, as witnesses of Jesus, we, don't, we can't save anyone. We can't do that. That is for God alone. What we are invited to, to be a witness, show your life, show your, show your love to the people around you and to extend an invitation. Jeff did both of those things in my life and I just wonder where I would be today had I not received it. I wonder what my life would have looked like. And you might think the same for your own life, a person maybe who has invited you along to something and you had a life-changing moment. That witness with a difference, that we would be those witnesses that would bring a difference in our world. You don't need to have the three-point message You don't need to be able to win an argument. You don't need to be able to be there all holier than thou and judge a person. All you're called to do is to be able to love. Love those around you. Be who you are and just be empowered by the Holy Spirit. In those courageous moments when he tells you to speak, you speak. Scripture says, I have not come for the well but for the sick. I've come for all those that are saying, no religion for me. He has come for every single one of them. And that should break our heart. That there are many that don't have what we have. I don't know how people live their life. Because trials come, hurt comes, stuff comes our way. And we are able to be able to go to a father who loves us and knows us that empowers us despite the challenges in front of us. So I'm going to invite the team up. But I hope our hearts would break for the things of God. Our hearts would break as it breaks God's heart for these many people that don't yet know him. That he 
has said, go and extend that message to the far ends of the earth, right up here at Meroa, through Western Australia, that we would pick up that baton, that we would continue that message. It's not for the person on the stage. It's for every single one of us, you at home, where you're at, that there would be even people you're mindful of today that we'd be praying for, that we would be mindful of, that you would, might be able to extend an invitation to our next Alpha party. Or you might just be able to love them where they're at and it shows them something very different than anyone else in their world. And I do pray that our hearts would break for our families. Our hearts would break for our friends. Our hearts would break for our colleagues. Our hearts would break for the most annoying person in our world. Our hearts would break for those that are mistreated. Right? For those that are lost, for those that don't know them, for those that are lonely, that our hearts would break for those things because I believe they, they break the heart of God. They break it. Because what He asked for is that for all of us, to go and be a witness. But we don't have to do it alone. We don't have to do it alone. He says, I'm going to send you a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit that will empower you to go. That where that person that annoys you, you will have a love for them, that you will see them as God sees them. And you will bring something different to their world. Don't even have to say a thing about church that we would be a witness in those spaces. So as we finish up today, I'd love to be able to invite anyone that would want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit today. That maybe it's been a while and you're like, I just need a refilling of this Holy Spirit. I wanna go. I wanna be that person that even the annoying friend that I would be empowered by the Holy Spirit to love them, that I'd be empowered to go and be the witness that I am called to be into my world. And I recognise I cannot do that by myself. And God, I'm asking for your Holy Spirit today. I'm gonna invite us all to stand on our feet. And if that's you today, and you're like, I want an infilling of the Holy Spirit, I'm believing that God wants to do something in our lives today, church. I'm believing that God is calling many of us to more than what we're experiencing right now. And that He says today, He goes, what's going to get it done? You need more of me in your life. Of infilling of the Holy Spirit that will empower you to go out. And I ask that God would break our hearts for those in our world. I am praying that as a church that we would, we would also pray the thing, that God break my heart for those people that don't yet know You. They may look like they have got the best world, but they haven't without You. Break our hearts, God. So as a team lead us, I'm gonna invite anyone that would like it, infilling the Holy Spirit, anyone that says, God, I need Your power at work in my life to come forward as we sing this next song. And there's a few of us here that would love to pray for you and just pray that simple prayer that God empower me to go out. 
Empower me that I would be the witness with a difference in my world this week and for the days and weeks and years to come. Let me pray for us. God, I pray. I'm praying for opportunity. I'm praying that God, that there in each one of our lives, there are many, many people that have not received the love of Jesus. So I am praying that for each one of us, that you would break our hearts, God, for our world. Break our hearts, God, for those that don't yet know you. Lord, show us what there is, Lord God, that we could give to the people in our world. Jesus, I pray, empower us by your Holy Spirit to go out. So church, as the band sings, I'm gonna invite you to come up the front. People are coming already. And let's pray that we would be a church that is empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out and to be able to bring a difference and the love of Jesus into our world. Let's do it.